0: Hey, thank you very much Gary. appreciate it. It's 8:05 on this Tuesday morning. It's the 12th day of December 2023 and I'm John Reed. We're glad you're with us here on News Radio WRVA. So Dan has given me the email that says that the Grinch is coming into the studio today as the Grinch. See this is weird. I'm fine promoting this Broadway musical. It's fine. I think it'd probably be pretty cute. I wish I could take my niece and nephew to go see The Grinch. Maybe there's some way I can figure out to take... I think they're old enough where they wouldn't be scared of The Grinch. But maybe after I encounter The Grinch in person today at 935. I don't know. I mean, when I worked at Channel 8, we had a lot of characters come in. To the studio you, you know this was before everybody had a camera in their phone so if i pulled out the little disposable camera and actually took on we had richard simmons come in you know tyler perry was in the studio all the time before he became a billionaire gwen williams and i were talking about the other day tyler perry used to come and sit and talk with us it was cool um there were some rap singers who would come. You know, Channel 8 was kind of the urban station when I was there. Uh, it didn't mean anything to me, but, boy, everybody was excited. Patula Clark came. Some I was like, old performers and new performers. And then we'd have these people come in in character. And it was just weird. But at least on TV, you can see that they're in character. But I don't know. We'll see how this goes at 9.30. Normally, I say no to this, but I figured, oh, eh, the Grinch – it's a fun show for kids. People are all on me about how negative the news is, and John, you're so spun up about it. All right, fine. Then we'll have the Grinch in. That'll make me look like a nice guy, right? <laughs> Compared to the the Grinch. So that's coming up here on News Radio WRVA at the end of the program at nine thirty-five. Uh, back to serious stuff, which. Um, probably should have you a little bit alarmed. Both. I mean, what do you think 2024 is going to be like? I'm just bracing my – I'm going to have a nice Christmas. I'm going to have a nice New Year's. My birthday is coming up in January, at the beginning of January. I'm gonna, I am going to focus on enjoying uh, peace and prosperity while it lasts and then come back and work like mad to try to hold Virginia together and America together. Because you look at some of the things that are happening – And I think it's kind of difficult to pretend that this is normal. Like, did you see the story yesterday? This Jack Smith wacko, um, the special prosecutor, cutting straight to the Supreme Court. Like, can we prosecute the president of the United States for something he did when he was office? And I notice a lot of the national media is not reporting this very honestly. Uh, They're using the quote from the judge about, The president doesn't have a get-out-of-jail card for free for the rest of his life. No one's saying that. No one is suggesting that Donald Trump has a get-out-of-jail card for free for the rest of his life. Every executive, governor, president, has to make different decisions. And the whole point of offering them some sort of protection from having to go through legal, personal legal a jeopardy is so they hopefully, if you're electing smart people, decent people, they can make responsible decisions without fearing that they're going to suddenly spend the next 20 years of their life bankrupted. Right. But this guy, Jack Smith, he is the worst. And how he has this job after he, what he did to our governor who happens to be a Republican, but I swear to God, if he was a Democrat, I'd be defending him too. Bob McDonnell. I mean, he screwed over Bob McDonald, lied about Bob McDonnell. The entire Supreme Court overturned the charges and the conviction of Bob McDonald based on the reckless behavior of this Jack Smith guy. Bob McDonnell, the former governor, is with us this morning. You know, I thought of you yesterday and I knew we were going to talk to you this week. So it's weird timing. What do you think when you see these stories about this guy? good morning
1: <laughs> yeah good morning when you uh when you started talking about the grinch i thought that was my introduction no, i'm glad it wasn't
0: you're always much more optimistic i think than i am so you're you're the balance uh, 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 to the show today
1: well uh th- hey john thanks for having me on. love uh, being on with your audience uh, the politically astute uh, class of democrats <laughs> and republicans in richmond that are listening yeah so you. you know oh, you you know i've talked about jack smith um Before you're you're correct, he uh, was unanimously wrong. Supreme Court eight nothing uh, said that his theories of the case were uh, wrong. Uh, Amicus briefs from around the country, Democrats and Republicans, saying that that he was wrong. And and I think it really came down to this, Uh, John. I I think um, he's bright. He he he, uh, spent a lot of time at DOJ as a young prosecutor, handling a lot of big cases and doing. Well, but when he got to be head of the public integrity section from 2010 to 2015, I think his judgment just went completely awry. You know, the advice he gave Lois Lerner about it's okay to go after conservatives on speech issues. Right. uh, And John Edwards and Bob Menendez. And then, of course, my case and the Chris Christie, the Bridgegate case. I mean, there was a series of cases, both against Democrats and Republicans, where I just thought he'd rather win than get it right. He'd rather have the headlines than follow the law, and that's dangerous for a prosecutor. I don't care what stripe you are because there's an ethical rule for government attorneys. It's different than any other attorney. And that is a, a a government prosecutor is supposed to seek truth and justice, not merely to convict. And, and I don't I don't think Mr. Smith follows that rule. And, and and that in the poor judgment I think is what's got him into this You know, some of this overreach in the current case. It is unusual, John, as you pointed out, to go directly from the district court ruling, skip the Court of Appeals, and petition the Supreme Court. Um, I don't know that they'll take it. I I, I don't know that that, just because it's an unusual case and there's a sense of urgency and Mr. Smith would like to get a conviction in an election year, that's not, you know, a good enough reason Mm -hmm. to uh, expedite an appeal. I don't
0: know. That's what makes me think. Look, if I wanted to be generous with the guy, I'd like to think, oh, he's Elliot Ness. You know, he's going to hold everybody accountable and no one's going to get past him. I just, you know, I see this yesterday and I think, man, you're you're rigging the system to try to achieve a political ends here, even if you really do think Donald Trump is as big a crook as he is. claims, which I don't think is the case, but even if he thinks that, jumping to the Supreme Court makes me think this is all about the timing to derail this politically, not to seek justice.
1: Well, you add on to that, the uh, interesting coincidence that all four of the trials that have been investigated, uh, you know, from conduct that goes back anywhere from three years to five or six years. Yeah. Base in New York and the, all the trials are during the election year when he'll be sitting in the courtroom and not campaigning. And everyone knows he's the leading contender right now on the Republican side. He just, you know, I think even independent voters, John, look at that and say, that doesn't sound right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't sound fair. So who knows what kind of coordination Mr. Smith had with some of these other prosecutors to kind of orchestrate these uh these dates but it but it does seem curious to yeah. me all right let me bring you back to virginia
0: uh when when governor youngkin was first elected my understanding is he he had sit-down meetings with you and governor allen and governor gilmore and you know he really wanted to um talk through how to be a good governor in those first two years now he's in a different phase and he's up against the wall with Democrats running the House and the Senate, has he called you to say, "Hey, man, what do I do these last two years, especially under these circumstances?" Since you served in the legislature and you know saw the the backdoor dealings, good and bad, what what has he called you? And then what would you say if uh, if he were to call you?
1: Well, John, the one you left out was Governor Wilder. I mean, he was bipartisan. That's true. You're right governor. about it and and i really admire and i assume uh even though warner and kane weren't at that meeting i'm sure he he probably picked their brains a little bit just shows it just shows the humility of the man who, obviously very bright but yet hadn't been in government hadn't been in the job and wanted counsel of as many people as he could i think that's a sign of a good leader right i agree with you uh, it is a different circumstance now mm-hmm. uh you know he's got uh, I, I was in the same position midterm. I was fortunate to win the Senate, so I governed my last two years with a Republican House and Senate, which made some things uh, easier, but a few things a little harder, to be honest. Hmm. <laughs> what do but, you mean? But now he's got a different circumstance, and I think this is now a test for uh, for him to uh, govern in a bipartisan uh, environment. You can still get things done. Look at the governorship of George Allen. He had Democrat little uh, majorities in this House and Senate the whole time, and yet welfare reform and parole abolition, and truth and sentencing and higher education standards, etc. cetera. It can be done. Mm-hmm. Take the different kind of leadership style. And really the same with uh, Don Scott, Louise Lucas, Scott Cervell, the new Democrat leaders. You know, they, they can uh, pass things that they want to put on their brochures and try to demonize Republicans, and Governor uh, Youngkin will veto that. And you know, and nothing gets done. Standoffs on budget, which unfortunately are becoming more common. But but I think it's a test for these leaders about do, do they do they want to put the the nail in the coffin of the old Virginia way, something your dad John and I and others governed <laughs> under in the 90s and 2000s, or do they try to find, especially on budget issues, common ground? I mean, there's a lot of stuff like on economic development and. You know, caring for teachers and state employees, mental health, biotech investment—I mean, there's all kinds of things that uh, they've been talking about the last few weeks that are uh, fertile for for compromise and common ground and shared credit. So mm-hmm. it's really going to determine what kind of leadership. And I, Governor Yunkin's already said, "Hey, the day won, the olive branch is out. Let's work." And I, I think that's right.
0: You know, he seems like such a nice guy, almost too nice to be governor, to be honest with you, especially when he's facing up uh, against. You know I mean, I don't know Don Scott. He, uh, to his credit, he came on the air one time, and he did answer the questions about the drug dealing and the and the time in prison. Which you know, I, I give him credit for being man enough to talk to me Absolutely. about that. Uh, but it's, uh, to me, it's a disqualifier. I guess for the rest of Virginia doesn't feel that way. But I I I look at Louise Lucas and I look at Don Scott and 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 Scott Servell, who's always been polite to me when I see him in person, which I appreciate. But I think they're kind of a different type of Democrat when you compare it to the time when you were in the legislature. Don't you think they're a little more radical, that they don't want to get along in the end? they want to score political points at at all costs? Or am I being too negative?
1: Well, I do think at the time I got elected in 90, uh, 1992, I started serving just just a couple of years after your father, who yeah. was one of my mentors in the in the house, but there were a slew a of ver- of really moderate, moderate Democrats and right. and end of moderate Republicans. But the the tone of the debate, they were fierce on the issues, but they were collegial, uh-huh. yeah. uh, and and there was uh, it was easier to find the middle ground. And I have to say, I guess respectfully that. The, the Democrats uh, over the last eight years or so have gone so far left. I mean, look at Washington. Bernie Sanders is now the adult in the room and in the middle right. of the party. <laughs> That's <laughs> insane. <all> that comp- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so I think, John, it's harder to find that compromise. I don't think there's a, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a moderate left in the House of Delegates. I don't know, uh, you know, on a few votes, maybe in in the Senate, but when you have that kind of strident ideological gap between the mainstream of the parties, it's harder to govern and harder to find, you know, the, the, the middle ground other than the transactional compromises on money and the budget. So it's a tougher, if it's a tougher time to govern for Glenn Youngkin today than it was, you know, 12 years ago when I was in office, it's just, it's just tougher. The Washington Swamp kind of rhetoric has kind of come to Virginia, and that's, to me, dangerous and not good for the people. Really dangerous. Well, listen, I, I've
0: always respected and, and liked you uh, personally and and your, your style when you were in the uh, executive mansion. And if you don't mind, we may call on you several times during the session just to get your perspective on how things are rolling through. Uh, I'd appreciate that.
1: Well, I'd be honored to do that. I love what you said at the opening, uh, you know, that you're going to focus on peace and prosperity and trying to do things to keep our state and nation strong. I mean, gosh, every sure, leader yeah. had that view. We'd be in a better shape. Start from that value, start, yeah. start from the golden rule, and, you know, everything else gets a little easier. So thanks for those comments, Sean.
0: Bob McDonald, the former governor of Virginia. Appreciate
1: it. It's okay. 819. Thanks,
0: We're back Take with more care. in a moment on News Radio, WRVA.